This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. No, Doug, it's me. I start this show. <laughs> it's always you, Joe. It is not always me, but today it's me. It is. When anything goes sideways, it's you. Then it's me. Yes. Hey, uh, I think it's time. It's another Monday, which means it's time for our Navy Federal shout out, gentlemen, which uh, I don't know about you, OG, but I had a great weekend. You have a great weekend? And a pretty reasonable weekend. Yes. Pretty, it was a six. <laughs> <laughs> I had an acceptable series of events Tolerable over the previous two days saturday and sunday yes <laughs> and you know iog was able to have a mediocre weekend because of the men and women in our armed forces keeping us safe <laughs> so that og could experience ennui during his saturday sunday yes i actually tailgated at the football game we have a big bowl here in texarkana i don't know if you know that i've heard we have the live united bowl so we did that on Saturday, made that a tradition. Went and saw the Nutcracker this weekend. It was a good weekend, banner weekend. Anyway, raise your glass, guys. Here we go. I'm raising. I'm on behalf raising. of the men and women making podcast in mom's basement and the wonderful people at Navy Federal Credit Union. Shout out to our troops. Let's go stack some Benjamins together, shall we? Cheers. Well, that's going to do it for all of us here at Channel 4 News. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and if there's anything I know about, it's the progress of women in the workplace. Duh. I know, right? But today, to add a little more to the conversation, though I'm right here, we welcome the deputy editor of Fast Company and host of the New Way We Work podcast, Kate Davis. For our TikTok Minute, we have what I feel is a genius view of the division of labor. In our headlines, Congress looks poised to pass new retirement legislation. What might be in the works? We'll share. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Timmy, who wants to know about short-term investing with brokered CDs. And then I'll share some dramatic trivia. And now, two guys who want to help you make more progress in your bank account, it's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Hey, stackers. Happy Monday. Welcome to another hour of financial fun. I'm Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. We have a great show for you today that starts and ends with the guy across the card table from me, Mr. OG. How are you, dude? 
I am the beginning and the end. <laughs> Does he need that kind of ego stroke? I don't. He is Doug the tolerable and the intolerable. <laughs> all, all of the all of the above. Famous and infamous. <laughs> oh gee, today we're gonna pull the curtain back on podcasting because Fast Company with their New Way We Work podcast has a four-part series about women in the workplace, mothers and daughters telling each other stories, and they capture these stories from all over the nation. And we're going to talk about how that series was made, talk about some of the things going on in the workplace that maybe should have been solved uh, like 35 years ago. But before that, we're going to lean on you a lot because there's some legislation going through Congress, dude. New legislation, a party in Washington and OG is going to lay it out for all of us. All right. But Sounds just like fun. Brilliance. Yes. But you know, if we're going to lay out anything, I think, guys, we probably need to lay out this first. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country and I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equalizing lender. Okay, is everybody clear on that? As mud. <laughs> we got a great show. Kate Davis from Fast Company is here. Let's get the party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today comes to us from CNBC. It's written by Sarah O'Brien for retirement system changes proposed in Congress via Secure 2.0. December is do or die time. Secure 2.0, as it's called, is intended to build on the changes to the U.S. retirement system that were ushered in by the 2019 Secure Act. Uh, Sarah writes, no actions taken before Congress adjourns in mid to late December. Legislation process would need to start over in the next Congress. However, OG, looking through this and also four or five other publications say this, this uh, new legislation looks like much more of a sure shot than any recent things going through Congress about money since the secure act. 
Well, except for the fact that um, the House voted on this in March and it's taken nine months for it to get through a committee in the Senate. And uh, what do we got? Roughly 20 days left to get them to get it done <laughs> if they want to vote on a Christmas morning, the Christmas miracle. We all work better with the deadline, don't we? Yeah, we all work, work better. I, I don't think it'll happen because it's there's there's just too much too much other stuff going on. And uh, if it doesn't get done by the end of the year, then they have to kind of start over anyway with the new Congress. So all the different websites that I have looked at have acted like they thought that it was going to happen, that this is this is going to probably attach be attached like the original Secure Act was to some uh, government funding legislation to kind of smooth it out, make it easier for it to get through, get rid of some of the get rid of some of the complications. But I think I agree with where you're going, OG. Waiting on Congress to change your retirement plan, probably not a good idea in the first place. Yeah. Again, this is not going to make your retirement happen for you, right? If they say, oh, well, you get to save more money or you get to save sooner or you get to save more frequently or you get to save for longer. The operative word in all of that is you have to save, period. Don't leave it up to the Congress to tell you that, well, now the limit's not 20500 anymore for your 401k. It's 22000 just put that extra two grand somewhere else if you've got the opportunity to do that. Don't don't wait on a law passed to give you the incentive to save for your own retirement. For those stackers out there, though, wondering what's in this, let's go through some of that. Makes it easier for workers to save and access emergency funds. Increases access to the so-called savers credit available to lower and middle income workers. Increasing the extra amount, so-called catch-up contributions. Individuals age 50 and older can put in their retirement accounts requiring all catch-up amounts to be made as Roth contributions. That's a big new one. If you're doing catch-up, it must be a Roth. Letting part-timers qualify for the company's 401k after they booked at least 500 hours a year for two years instead of three years. Make it easier for employers to make contributions to 401k plans on behalf of employees paying student loans instead of saving for retirement. Raising when RMDs must start to age 75 from the current age 72. And reducing the penalty for failing to take your RMD to 25%, and in some cases 10% uh, from the current 50%. There's a few more here, by the way. We will uh, we will link to this on our show notes page. Specifically, I'm going to switch gears here and go to a piece at NAPA-NET, the National Association of Plan Advisors. This match program they're talking about, OG, is a savers match, which would incentivize retirement savings providing a 50% matching contribution on up to $2,000 in retirement savings annually. Lower middle-class Americans would be eligible for this federal government matching contribution regardless of tax liability. Over 108 million Americans would be eligible for that, and it would get directly deposited into your retirement account. Although I'm with you, the operative word is you still have to use it. That's not a bad thing. That's a a good thing. Finally giving people a, a carrot that don't have a match at work. To actually maybe put some money in. Yeah. And you still need to put your 2000 bucks in or whatever, right? Like you have to do your two to get their one. So if you're not saving two right now, making it a law doesn't make it easier. I mean, it gives you more incentive for sure. So, but there's a good new year's challenge. There's a good new year's challenge. If you're listening to the show because you're hoping to start saving and you haven't started yet, let's try to put that $2,000 away. If it goes through, OG, hey, guess what? You got a 50% match and now you've got three. If it doesn't go through, you still got two and you had zero. Yeah, 40 bucks a week. It's doable. Let's make it happen. 
I would love uh, for somebody to email me or uh, go to our Facebook group, The Basement, and uh, accept our challenge. Let's do it. Let us hold you accountable. Write to me and say, you know what? Game on. I'm doing this. That would be that'd be fantastic. Second thing on here is over 19 million new American workers would have access to the workplace retirement system through the Starter K a brand new super simple safe harbor 401k plan alongside enhanced retirement plan startup tax credits for employers. Uh, essentially, OG, this is trying to continue to make it easier for small business to offer retirement plans for people. Yeah. And my frustration here is, is that to make it easier, we've got to add another 67,000 pages of legislation when the easiest solution is to simply just go, you can put your money anywhere you want you get this credit for doing it. You get, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why do we have to have 401k, simple IRAs, SEP IRAs, Keo plans, money purchase plans, cash balance pension? Like, just give me a number and go, the most you can put in is a hundred grand. I don't give a crap where it goes. 401k, IRA, Roth, who cares? And let me decide how to get it in there. Instead, now we've got just another, just another acronym that people have to remember, which is, It has gotten so much more complicated since the 90s. I remember in the late 90s, the first version of Rick Edelman's The Truth About Money book, one of my favorite books uh, on financial planning. (laughs) Rick says, before the Simplification Act of, I don't remember what it was, 1998, you have $2,000, put it in. And then they simplified it by making the Roth and all this stuff. He goes, now... And it literally, OG, in the in the book is a trifold where you trifold it out now and there's this very complex thing. You go, see how much simpler it is? Yeah. And the bad news is, is since 1998, it's only gotten, air quotes, simpler. It's more simpler. complicated now than it ever was. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Super frustrating. Yeah. That is the frustrating thing. Because while I agree that, that uh, we should make things easier for more people to put money in a workplace retirement plan. Just another plan, another thing for us to figure out. The moral of the story is, is that you still have to do it. Yes. And if you're not setting up a systematic savings plan, whether it's coming out of your paycheck or coming out of your bank account, you know, every time you get paid, if you haven't done that yet, I like your challenge. Set it up. Let's do it. Let's, let's get 40 bucks a week out of every paycheck, put somewhere else just to see if you can pull it off. We're going to dive more into how to get savings started. Some more tactics behind that more into this legislation, go deeper on our free newsletter, the 201, stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. We'll take you there. That always comes out the day after the Monday, Wednesday show. So if you want to dive deeper, uh, that is your link. Plus, we'll have links to this on the show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Time for our TikTok Minute. This is the part of the show where we shine a light on some goodness going on over at TikTok. And is this goodness or is this... Uh, Hashtag goodness. Uh, Doug, which one do you think we got here today? I think I'm going against script. I think this is going to be amazing. Like really valuable, life-changing stuff. You're going to you're gonna like pause the podcast right now and be like, wow, that made me think. Well, later on in the show, we've got, of course, Kate Davis coming up with uh, lots of issues that probably should have been solved already with women in the workplace. They have a four-part series. We're going to go with her under the hood, the making of that show. But this TikToker thinks that there might be an issue that men have that women really need to think about. Let's listen in. If I put the seat up to urinate and then put it down 
after I'm done. At your request, that is two seat repetitions per urinary event. This arrangement means that if you go into the bathroom, you can just sit down and urinate and leave with zero seat repetitions per urinary event. Would it not then be a fair and equitable marriage arrangement creating a scenario where we are both responsible for only one seat repetition per urinary event? And she's gone. <laughs> and then she walks right out of the room. <laughs> hey, it's a very serious thing, women. This is very serious. Can you imagine how many other conflicts this will resolve once this gets oh, settled on? I'm sure out of all the things we're going to talk about today in this show, this is the big one. This is easily the number one. It's just, it's about efficiency. It's not about marital bliss or, you know, roommate harmony or any of those things. It's just about efficiency. I got to say, I've never understood it. I have, I have never understood why I'm responsible for where the toilet seat is at that time. And all the women are gone. Listening yeah, we've to just thought. But here's the thing. <laughs> here's this. Here's the reason this shouldn't even be a discussion point. Because for pure sanitary reasons, we should all be putting the toilet seat and lid down every time we flush, so that we're not spraying that aerosol of bacteria all over our bathroom every time we flush. So it's not a gender thing. It's just put the seat down so that my toilet brush is not a Petri dish. And not the seat, the cover. But, well, you got to do that if you're going to. I know. Right. Yes. Yes. And now then it's two, two, what did he call it? Two, two urinary two. events. I love that. That's, that's my, <laughs> coming in at the last minute, that's my <laughs> phrase of 2022. <laughs> oh, gee, how many urinary events do you have per day? <laughs> I'm letting you guys dig your own graves on this. I'm, <laughs> what? I'm out. Coming up next, Kate Davis, deputy editor of Fast Company Magazine. Man, I love Kate's work, and uh, I think you will, because you're going to hear some snippets of her work in today's show. She is the host of the New Way We Work podcast, Fast Company's podcast about all things work, and they just did a four-part series that she's going to walk us through where across America, across all demographics, mothers and daughters talk about things that have happened with them in the workplace and things that they've noticed in the workplace. And it is a very raw uh, documentary, this four-part series, and I was glad that Kate was available to walk us through it. But before we get there, Doug, I think you've got some trivia for us, man. Sure do, Joe. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And on this day in history, Christie's sold Audrey Hepburn's little black dress from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Designed by Givenchy and auctioned for charity, the dress sold for 467,208 pounds or nearly a million 2006 dollars. Hepburn was a priceless actress who won the coveted EGOT. My question for you is, what does the acronym EGOT stand for? I'll be back right after I prepare for my close-up. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. 
We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Hey there, stackers. I'm Hollywooda, shoulda, coulda, er, and insurance claim actor, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. The EGOT is actually four awards. It's like those mountaineers who climb the 10 highest peaks in the world, which I would totally do if it weren't for that ankle I sprained on the wet floor over at the Texarkana Walmart. So anyway, which awards did Audrey Hepburn have to win to get her EGOT? Well, it was the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award. She's a woman who got far in her workplace, and now, here to talk about the progress of women everywhere, we welcome Kate Davis. Kate Davis from Fast Company joins me. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Well, I'm great. I just got done binging your Ambition Diary series, and from one guy who creates audio to a woman who creates audio... There's a lot of work that went into this, Kate. Congra- congratulations. Yes. <laughs> number one, I'm just getting done, but number two, on a job well done. Tell me how many people were involved in this project, because I know it wasn't just you. There's a team of people who had to have made this audio. So this was a project. I've been thinking about a version of this project for years and years and years and years. And the catalyst for finally doing it was the the news that women's labor workforce participation was set back a generation because of COVID. 5.4 million women left the workforce. And I really wanted to look at what that meant across generations for mothers and daughters. So we partnered with the Economic Hardship Reporting Project. They, they helped us find some reporters and they paid for some of it. But we contracted with seven reporters from across the country, all sorts of different places in the country. And they conducted these interviews with 
seven groups of mothers and daughters, so 14 women, again, from across the country, across demographic lines, socioeconomic lines. Like, we really tried to get a good representation of America. That's what I was thinking. When you talk about diversity, this is not like corporate checkbox diversity. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about some corporate BS (laughs) as as we have this discussion, uh, because in episode two, you go through a lot of corporate BS, mm-hmm. but, but this is not checkbox diversity. Like you have women from the entire spectrum. Yes. Yeah. We have immigrants from Malaysia. We have black women from the South, from Chicago. We have LGBTQ women from the Pacific Northwest. We have the Midwest. We have, you know, we could, we really tried to, and they work in education and sales and HR. Like we really tried to get a good representation. I mean, you can't be exhaustive, but I'm very proud of Income levels too. Income, yeah, savings, that kind of thing too. Yep, yep. You know, we started the hunt for these groups of these pairs of women beginning of 2022, January, February time. We conducted the interviews um, in the summer, actually conducted the interviews about the time that Roe got overturned, which is an interesting backdrop as well. And then poured through hours and hours and hours and hours of transcripts to get, you know, what my producer, Josh Christensen, calls them the kind of audio poems, like these beautiful little moments where you hear the mothers and daughters say, oh, I've never heard you tell that story before, or I never really thought about it until we're having this conversation. And that was really what I was hoping for is at Fast Company, we report on these statistics, we report on this economic part of it and this influence so much, but you don't hear what it's really like inside people's lives. And so that's what I was hoping to capture with Ambition Diaries. We put together a four-part mini-series, kind of each episode has a different theme. I'm the host and I, you know, kind of stitched it all together. Like I said, we have my wonderful producer, Josh Christensen, that really was my partner in like, how the hell do we shape this mountain of information into (laughs) something cohesive? And then we have a a sound engineer that that also just really made it sound beautiful as well. Yeah, because people hear this and they think, oh, that took a few minutes. I mean, before I started doing podcast, I thought, oh, that's neat. And the number of hours that goes in behind the scenes, the fact that you start at the beginning of this year is is amazing. But let's talk for a second about these mothers and daughters, Kate, mm-hmm. because the bravery to tell some of these stories that you have never told your mom before, you've never told your daughter before, to tell them with the microphone running, like how hard was it to get these women to open up the way they do? So I we didn't get to be there, right? Because it's all across the country. We really found these amazing audio journalists and it takes a lot of pre-interviewing, right? So they each had to pitch us two potential pairs of mothers and daughters that they already got comfortable with, already understood their story, really kind of got their background. And then we're like, okay, you know, their background kind of fits with the points we want to hit. But then it's like the luck of the draw. Like, are they going to open up? Are they going to give, you know, you the great stories? And the the job of the reporter then is to kind of like prompt them and get out of the way and hopefully fade to the background. Because you don't hear the reporters on any of these conversations. It's just just the conversations between the mothers and daughters. And I think hopefully they did kind of forget the reporter was there and they just had these conversations. And I think because it's mothers and daughters, you get this realness that you don't get when it's just like a reporter talking to somebody. You talk at the beginning of the project, the very first uh, episode is called The Broken Promise of the American Dream. You open up, Kate, with really how personal this is, that a lot of a lot of the decisions that you've made in your life are based on the socioeconomics of the family that you were born into. Tell me about how personal this was and really your own story getting into this. Yeah, I mean, part of why I've been thinking about a project like this for so long is I, I thought about how different my 
career turned out, you know, and my life turned out than my mother and my grandmother. You know, my mom was a single mom and I grew up very aware of our circumstances. And that really informed where I went to college, which then informed my access to alumni networks, my ability to get different jobs. And we heard that kind of similar story because I thought, clearly, this isn't just me. What does this look like in other people's lives? And we heard this beautiful, similar story from one of the mothers, Demita, talking about growing up in poverty and having a winter coat that didn't zip up all the way. And Mm -hmm. she just has this quote of, I remember being so cold that winter. And that moment defined how she then raised her children and how she talked to her children about career options. So in which I really related to of she wanted to be a dancer and she's like, that's not a practical career. I need to work in HR and get something practical and just make money. And their whole kind of way that she thought about and then subsequently her daughter thought about work was a means to an ends. Then meanwhile, contrast that to Janelle and Kylie. Uh, Janelle worked at Microsoft in Seattle. They were very comfortable. The way that she talked to her daughter about career and money and those decisions were do something that's important to you and that matters. And that she just, and she had this kind of access and freedom in thinking about work and career because money wasn't a means to an ends, wasn't a survival. The title of the episode is The Broken Promise of the American Dream. And the American dream, I think, based on when I hear the words American dream, the uh, part of the American dream that I think older people don't understand are some of the things that younger people face. Like even in our community, when we have, you know, fights on social media, I know that never happens, fights on social media, but believe it or not, once in a while there is. And it's generally- Oh no, I'm a woman in in media on Twitter. I've never encountered that. (laughs) Never encountered it. No. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? But I often find it's older people saying, well, when I was your age, I did this thing. And when, yep. when I was your age, I did that. And this is not a problem because all you got to do is, you know, buckle down and, and get things done. And you have a great discussion here about one of those key issues, which is home ownership. Yep. And this is, I'd like to play a clip from your series from the Ambition Diaries on the new way we work. This is uh, Christina talking to her mom about the importance for her of owning a home. The daughters we spoke to for Ambition Diaries are in their 30s, a point that many of their parents were able to own their own homes. But they find themselves at jobs that don't pay as much as they expected, struggling to pay off student loan debts, and contending with rising housing prices, mortgage rates, and the worst inflation in a generation. This is the case for Christina, a teacher from Lithonia, Georgia, who spoke with her mother, Vicky, who also lives in Lithonia, about how hard purchasing a home has been for her with student loan debt. It has been a lifelong dream of Christina's to buy a home for herself. In becoming a homeowner, it was just to create what I received in growing up. Our house may not have been big, but it was so full of love. It was fun. And even to hear my cousins always want to come over, our house was always flooded with people because the atmosphere was great. And it made me just, you know, I'm at that age where I want to continue to do that. And I've had a hiccup in becoming a teacher. I had to take out some loans that impacted my process, especially a couple of years ago when I had the townhouse and the week before closing day, it just fell apart. And I was crying, saying to myself, Maybe if I would have went to a cheaper school and you kept saying, no, 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 it'll be okay. And it it put a damper. I have to be honest. It put a damper on my dreams in becoming a homeowner because 
I will never forget my best friend told me, you're going to experience every emotion through this process. And I was like, oh, no. And I, I was like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not. I'm already going through the pandemic, teaching through the pandemic. But my student loan debt is like always a focus in my mind. And I know you always tell me not to worry about it because you are where you are. You are doing what you love. And I know my student loan debt is like always a focus in my mind. And I know you are. Uh, I love how she acknowledges the encouragement from mom, but there's so many different things here, Kate, for us to dig into. Number one is the phrase she says, I had a hiccup. And you can hear the blame that she has in herself, right? A lot of these people in your interviews are blaming themselves when they don't realize how many millions of people going through the same thing, which means this is probably much more systemic than she even knows. Well, because we we frame it as a society like that, right? It's like a personal responsibility and like you're supposed to believe that if you do the right things, then you'll be on the same path. And you're, you know, what you said earlier, it's not the same for generations, especially take student loan debt. College did not cost what it did in these mother's generations, in the boomer generation. You know, you do hear a lot of boomers say, well, I, you know, don't have college debt or I managed to do this. And it's like these people, you know, she's a teacher. She graduated with student loan debt and now she's making whatever a teacher's salary in Lithonia, Georgia is, which is probably not very high. She's going to be paying. And, you know, my, my mother's a retired nurse and she worked with nurses who were paying off their student loan debt when they were putting their own kids through college. Like it's a legacy of debt. And it sets you back so far. And then, yeah, it's this this perfect storm right now where inflation's so high. Like all of these things are stacked against, and I mentioned this in the podcast, marriage rates, homeownership rates, having children, all of those are much, much lower for this generation because it's just impossible. Yeah, we talked to Professor Scott Galloway a few weeks ago about the effects on young men, like men, women affecting everybody and in different ways. I want to talk about being a teacher, though. Like when I was growing up, just talking about the difference, Kate, when I was growing up, if you were a teacher, you were easily a homeowner. Mm -hmm. I I mean, teacher equals white picket fence. I'm a member of my society, a member of my community. Of course I own a house. And now we talk about every teacher that we know, every young teacher really struggling. Yeah. And my father-in-law was a teacher and he retired in his 50s, I believe, which is like something that was kind of common, you know, right? Like having a pension and retiring. and, And you're right, like having these stable careers that that led to homeownership and then retirement. And believe me, retirement is not even (laughs) on the radar for this generation. A lot of millennials and Gen Z think that it's something that rightfully so, like maybe won't happen for them. I find myself all the way through the series asking myself, what are the solutions? And of course, there's solutions around voting, around being involved in your community, Things that, when once again, we were talking to Scott Galloway about how involvement in all those areas is going down, which is incredibly disturbing, right? We need to be involved in our community. We need to vote. We need to take part. But even on a, on a personal basis, I also found myself, as I'm listening to you in these wonderful interviews, I think we need to give each other a little grace, right? <laughs> like, I don't understand what my sister's going through. And I need to be a little, have a little bit more empathy for each other. Would you say that that is, that's a big theme that kind of we have here in this series? 
Yeah. And I mean, especially in, and so the third episode is about work-life balance and career and family and something throughout that was really how, you know, if we really want to talk about like what working women need, they need supportive partners who will pick up the slack and that, you know, that was happening a lot in that episode of being the default parent and everything kind of falling on, on women, you know, and some of those issues are things- The unpaid work piece. Yeah, it's, it falls to before the pandemic, two spouses both working, it still fell to the women. During the pandemic, even more so, the amount of unpaid hours that women were working. And one part, it starts at the home. And the other part, it starts at work with managers and leadership being truly actually more flexible. But really, the biggest solves for those things are on a public policy level, like we are not investing in childcare. And that is the thing that gets the next generation starts to get them on, you know, more of a level playing field, but also gets the working women of this generation able to participate in the workforce, because that's a big reason why so many women left during the pandemic was they made less money. So they had to be the ones to scale back their careers to care for their family. Yeah, I felt like listening to that, the unpaid work at home is not getting done. There's nobody else picking up the slack, so they have to sacrifice their career so that the other member of the family can make money and isn't, I mean, in in some ways it's a partnership, but it definitely, when you go through the numbers in the, uh, there's, there's, there's not a lot of empathy, I think, not enough empathy for what uh, uh, women are going through in the workplace. Yeah, for sure. And it's not one solution, but it is something that they are all kind of intertwined, right? Like the pay gap means that women are being paid less, means that they are the one that's going to have to scale back their career, means that they're the ones that leave the workforce, means that they, you know, like it just keeps, keeps yeah, going. Yeah, it's dominoes. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. dominoes. Speaking of dominoes, I'm, I'm listening to some of this, Kate, and of course, there's so many emotions that I have, but one is it's freaking 2022. And why haven't we solved some of these issues you have? I'm going to play a clip from episode two called Still Not Equal. This is Francesca talking about an issue I thought would have been solved long ago, which is pregnancy and women hiding pregnancies from their employer. Let's listen to just a little bit of uh, Francesca's story. Towards the end of my time there, we had some pregnant women and man, the comment, first of all, we didn't even have a maternity leave policy that had to be made then. And it was basic. It was like three months of leave, but only two weeks were paid. The comments that those pregnant women received from other people, especially those in leadership, that of maternity leave being a vacation. Or when we had to extend a reasonable accommodation for a pregnant woman, well, we might as well fire her. We're just giving away money for free. I even had several women who were scared to announce their Their pregnancy. That was very, very common. They were Mm -hmm. scared to announce their pregnancies because they were in fear of losing their jobs or being mistreated or disciplined because of now being pregnant. I remember very often hearing if somebody announced they were pregnant again. Also, I want to make a comment about how when you are trained in this kind of structure, you often become a perpetrator yourself. And I have seen, like, for instance, we had one pregnant woman tell her boss that she was pregnant. And just because she had had a baby the year prior, that woman boss asked her if she was sure she wanted to keep it. The sexism, the racism. <sighs> that was such a, like when she said, 
when you're trained in this system, you become a perpetrator yourself. And like you hear her talking to her mother and her mother is what, like 30 years older than her. And she's like, yep, same thing happened. Like nothing's changed. Yeah. Scared to announce your pregnancy. So common. So common. Yeah. Well, well, and this is the thing. And once again, you know, you talked about public policy, but being a show that really focuses on what we can do, like with our two hands right now, mm-hmm. obviously getting involved is important. I just think that for business owners, Kate, understanding the cost of replacing an existing employee with a new one, we underestimate that cost because she's talking about, we'll just fire her. And Mm -hmm. I've gone through those numbers, firing that person. Well, which by the way is illegal, (laughs) by the way is illegal, (laughs) but also, but also is something that's still commonly done, even though it is illegal. Yes. They find ways to like, oh, it was for this or for that other reason. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you're right. Yeah. The, the, the cost in replacing an employee is so high. Also, there's been so many studies that working parents and working mothers are better, more valuable, more productive employees. I will tell you, there is nobody on earth more productive than a mom whose kid is napping. Like the amount, like you just have to, like what you can get done, but the bias is still the other way, right? And we've we've covered this a lot. There's a thing called the motherhood tax and the fatherhood bonus. When a mother still, again, even though it's 2022, when a mother, when a woman becomes pregnant, it's like, oh, she's going to be less involved with her work. She's going to be less serious bosses start to give the women less opportunities, all of those things. When a man becomes a father, oh, he has to provide for his family. He's going to be more serious now. Let's give him more opportunities. Like it's 1950 and the father's the the breadwinner and the mother's going to leave her job. It's amazing. The women who run this show, and we have three women that really, I'm, I'm a puppet, uh, three women who run this show, all moms, absolutely amazing and and their ability to do so many different things. If any of these women at any point need time off, like I would be so much worse off trying to finagle how to get. And by the way, the toxicity you create when you find these ways, like listen to how, how toxic both mom and daughter are talking about these workplaces. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And then do you even give a hundred percent? Even if you show up, do you give a hundred percent? Like, I just don't, I don't know. I don't understand that mentality. But that whole hiding the pregnancy thing, one is really common and two extends beyond that. I've, you know, we've covered at Fast Company and we've talked to women who hide the fact that they have kids. So even if it's not that they were pregnant when they have the job, they don't mention that they have kids. They're going to a dentist appointment and, you know, you make up like other reasons if you have to leave, you don't have pictures of your kids. Like, seriously. Yeah. It is the Ambition Diaries, as I think everybody can tell from my voice. I was very moved by this series, and it's available wherever you listen to finer podcasts, right, Kate? Yes, yep. Uh, The New Way We Work is the name of the podcast. Ambition Diaries is a four-part miniseries that we ran this fall. The New Way We Work covers exactly what it sounds like, the future of work, all of the things that we're kind of thinking about and talking about all the time, and this series is part of it. One of my favorite episodes, and I think you replayed it back in September or October again, is from late last year, and it's about why your boss sucks. And it was <laughs> yes, I think I think the title is why your boss is so bad at his job. Yeah, right. <laughs> I like my title better, but yeah, <laughs> why your boss is tomato tomato. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes. If you need consulting uh, consultants at Fast Company, just I'm available, Kate. Kate Davis. Thanks for talking about the series and congratulations on a job well done. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Ho, ho, ho. I'm your old friend, Santa Claus. And what can I say? Joe and OG, 
maybe you'll make it off the naughty list next year. <laughs> Merry Christmas! Big thanks to Kate for stopping by. Of course, we'll have links to everything that Kate and I talked about in our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com and a link to the show. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline, guys, and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency OG, they put what you, not Doug, what you value first. I'm a big fan right now of those uh, peanut butter blossoms, but made with Biscoff. I talk about this every year. What? If you're, you If did. you haven't made peanut butter blossoms with Biscoff spread instead, you are missing out on the greatest Christmas cookie in the history of mankind. Take us through it. Is this something you make or buy? Make. Well, you know what peanut butter blossoms are. No, I've never heard you know, of them. peanut butter cookies with the Hershey Kiss in them. Okay, that's what that's called? Okay. It's a peanut butter blossom. Okay. <laughs> Who knew? Duh. <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> Blossoming chocolate from the peanut butter it's blossoming chocolate as it does as chocolate regularly does you know what i'm talking about though right the little circle yeah. cookies that yes. come out of the oven and you dunk yeah. the tershi kisses in them. Yeah, anyways yes. we can't do peanut peanuts at our but house isn't that really blossoming wait a minute i have a problem with this name because oh, doesn't God. that really bl- the chocolate blossom like you've got the peanut butter cookie but it's not blossoming peanut butter it's blossoming chocolate uh, i'm with you joe the peanut butter is being suppressed it's not blossoming yes. at all uh, it blossoms in my mouth. <laughs> All of it. Oh, God. Those are single bite cookies for you? 100%. <laughs> and it's gone. I like your attitude. Anyways, so we can't have peanuts in our house or peanut butter. So we make them with Biscoff, which hmm. Biscoff is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, Biscoff cookies are pretty much the best cookie they make in the history of cookies. Okay. All right. Pump the brakes, but proceed. <laughs> Come on. Anyways, you just make it. You make peanut butter blossoms with Biscoff spread. You spread? can thank me later. Yeah, you get Biscoff spread. Like it's like a can of like peanut butter, but it's Biscoff. You are educating me in ways I never foresaw. I, mean, I don't know what they have in the backwoods in northern Michigan where you live, but Biscoff spread you know. is a thing. I get the like the big packs, like the three or four pack from Costco of Biscoff cookies. cookies. No, 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 no. It comes in a tub like like you buy peanut butter. Holy cow. It's like a new birth for me. It's a new awakening. I didn't know. Yeah. Enjoy. So anyways, that's what's most important to me right now, Joe. And apparently Doug. <laughs> yeah. I'm, kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. He's I in. I can't focus on the rest of the episode. <laughs> I might go make some Biscoff cookies tonight. Schwing. My question is, how did you come across this recipe, though? How did you initially oh, come is, across this is, a, this is a Mrs. OG thing. I'm sure she came every up year. It. We talk about this and I've never asked you how. Oh, so she. Yeah, she yeah, knew about it. That's, that's something to do with me. Wait a minute. Every year we talk about this? Yeah, oh, we yeah. did. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm laughing that Doug in year 11 is finally <laughs> like, wait, what? Wait. There's a thing? Are we putting this recipe in the 201? It damn well better be there. Oh, I can probably make that happen. If Brooke can find it, if Brooke is able to find well, you well, know. I'll just have Mrs. OG grab it. It's fine. Yes. I'll have, I'll have my people call your people, Joe. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, there, there. Most days, I feel like we are Brooks people because she's the one driving that bus. That's what man. I meant. She's doing way better. Yes. Basically, I'm calling you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It uh, it says here your loved ones in your time, but your loved ones in your time with uh, chocolate blossom cookies. I refuse to call them peanut butter blossom. That's no. It's why they made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. You go to stackybenjamins.com slash Haven Life. How many times in a row now, by the way, has the Haven Lifeline gone off the rails while we're just teeing it up? 
I've, I think it's like no, forty-seven the, episodes. The better in a row. question is how many times has it not gone off the rails? That I think that is a better question. Three. Their application is simple. It's online, and you get an instant coverage decision, affordable prices, and of course. The best part is they're not uh, a brand new company. You know what? All policies issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual, more than a hundred and sixty year old insurer. So you know that they've uh, they've been there before, been insuring people for a long time. Today's lifeline um, comes to us from uh, Timmy. Let's throw off lifeline to Timmy, guys. Hey gang, this is Timmy from Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I have a quick question regarding broker CDs. I have a Vanguard account, uh, brokerage account, and I came across broker CDs. Do you mind just discussing the pros and cons of broker CDs? And is it a good idea to invest in them for short term, say for about two years or three years? Thank you. And I'm size medium. Bye. Well, here's the sad thing, by the way, Timmy, I love the way you spell your name. Timmy, when he, when he went to our uh, Haven Lifeline, which is stackingbenjamins.com slash voicemail, Timmy spelled his last name T-I-M-M-M-M-M-Y, which is, which is kind of that, mm, that's a, that <laughs> mm, is the same noise OG makes with that Biscoff spread. Mm. Tim, but it's Timmy. But anyway, Timmy, you did not leave your email address. So email me, email me, Timmy Joe at stackingbenjamins.com because we'd love to send you the medium shirt. And actually, 32 emails. Hey, it was me. <laughs> it was totally me. My name's Timmy with uh, eight M's. Lots of M's. So broker CD, I don't, I can't think of Timmy any time in the last 11 years. Oh, gee, we've discussed brokered CDs. I don't think we talked about them once. So let's just start here, man. What are they? Oh, this is super simple. Okay. Yeah, this is super simple. So, you know, you go to the bank, you get a CD and the bank puts it on their books as having this liability, right? I've got this five-year CD that's going to pay for, you know, 4% for the next five years, let's say. And meanwhile, at year two, the person who bought it goes, I need my money back. Well, the bank has that still on their books. So then they say, well, does anybody else want this? Now, it's, it's not a five-year CD anymore. It's a three-year CD, but who wants it? Based on how interest rates are at that time, because when interest rates were two years ago in this example, they're different today, the price of that may be higher or lower. So you may be able to buy the CD for a lesser price because you're getting a different interest rate, but you do it on a brokerage platform instead. So instead of going to the bank, you do it through Vanguard. FDIC insured, it's going to be a CD through a bank, but just held at your brokerage company. That's why they call it a brokered CD. So it's sitting on the brokerage brokerage platform. It's perfectly fine to do. The thing that you have to be aware of is that because of the fact that you're buying it kind of halfway through the term, you may not be getting the interest rate that you think you are. And what I mean by that is you see it and it says, oh, I can get the last three years of this 4% CD. That's great. And then they go, yeah, but for each share of the CD, it costs $105 instead of 100 So are you really getting the 4% or are you getting some number? So the number that you have to look at when you're, when you're evaluating these is yield to maturity. So don't, don't pay attention to the coupon rate. Don't pay attention to the price. Yield to maturity is the, is the sort criteria that you want to look at. Otherwise, perfectly fine. Well, and I've seen OG, and you have too, I'm sure. You, I've seen lots of investors get tripped up by the last thing you said. 
which is, oh, I looked at this and it's a 6% rate. It, no, it was not a 6% rate. Not for you because you paid over what's called par value. Yep. So pay attention to yield and maturity. That's, that's the ticket. Great stuff, Timmy. Thanks for bringing up a topic we have not covered before. StackyBenjamins.com slash voicemail. If you've got a question that we may have talked about before, but not recently, or we've never talked about before, whatever it is, if it's on your mind and you have a question, uh, the Haven Lifeline is open, stackybenjamins.com slash voicemail. And if you're brave like Timmy, we will also send you a Haven Life Stacky Benjamins Greatest Money Show on Earth t-shirt, which is uh, super comfortable. Shouldn't there be a little bump if they manage to ask a question we have not covered before? Like they get the Greatest Show t-shirt and then they get like a Doug 2024 t-shirt. Or something like that. We haven't even made the Doug 2024 t-shirt. We got to get on that, by the way. Nudge, nudge. The campaign's got to start running, doesn't it? I mean, you're starting to see all these. Maybe not running, but (laughs) Doug's interested in the fundraising. I've noticed in the last two weeks, I don't know about you guys, on my feed, just all of these uh, politicians, these well-known people, kind of appearing on all the news shows lately, smiling a little bit, having an opinion on stuff. I'm like, oh, Maybe you're exploring. I got rid of social. What? Yeah. Two years before the the fun is already beginning. So Doug, we got to get you out there, man. Mm. You got to be smiling and waving. Plus OG, then he's no longer in the basement, which is good for us too. So true. Yeah. Oh, did I say that out loud? I got to use my, got to use my inside voice. Hey, that's going to do it for today. Let's uh, take a quick look at the community calendar before we say goodbye to this episode. The podcast is not the only way that we help you with financial literacy. We have a full guide to everything that we do here at Stacky Benjamins, stackybenjamins.com slash welcome. Just go to that link and it will show you all the different ways, all of our social media platforms, where we do lives, our, the YouTube, the 201, all these different places where we work on uh, financial literacy, financial education for you, stackybenjamins.com slash welcome. Much more than that, though, if you are worried like a lot of people are about recession fears ramping up and you might be feeling anxious to make some moves in your financial picture, I want you to do this instead. Check out this free guide OG and his team have put together that will help you plan more and panic less no matter what the market does. It has some great insights on what you should be doing and smart questions to ask yourself so that you make financial decisions your future self will thank you for. Head over to stackybenjamins.com slash guide. That's stackybenjamins.com slash guide to get that free guide from OG. All right. I think we covered the community calendar. Doug, man, you got it from here. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from Kate Davis. Want to see change in the world? Vote! Second, take part in your community, but most of all, if you run a business, realize that keeping your current workforce is far better than hiring new people. (laughs) What year is it, 1950? Second, Secure Act 2.0? For now, plan on life as is. Never wait for Congress or anyone else to solve your retirement savings issue. But a big lesson. Let's reiterate, the work required for urinary events should be divided equally. We men demand equality. (laughs) Equality! Well, unless you're going to get mad and walk away. And there she goes. (laughs) 
Thanks to Kate Davis for joining us today. Fast Company's four-part Ambition Diaries series is from the New Way We Work podcast. So search for the New Way We Work podcast wherever you're listening to us right now. Let, you know what? Let's just make it easy. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. After you listen to our show, check out the 201 Deep Dives written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all The Basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at The Stacking Benjamin Show. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I got a possible show recommendation for you. Uh, maybe for you too, Joe, but uh, anyway, Echo 3 on Apple. Echo saw 3. The, I saw the highlights of it. Oh, I did see that. Trailer. We're two yeah. episodes in. It's Yeah, it's, it looks like more, um, more. Um, what's his name? Uh, not Jack Reacher, the other guy. Jack Ryan. Jason Bourne. Oh, Jack yeah, Ryan. Jason Bourne, Jack yeah, Ryan. Ish. It's a Jack Ryan, Jason Bourne, Jack Reacher yeah thingy <laughs> that's right there's some plot holes so far in the you know the first two episodes you're like well, how did they know to go there or how what but you just kind of have to see pe- like i think the jack ryan so far of all of those jays that you just rattled off well that and jason Bourne, those two i think are better but if you then like reacher? terminal list i like reacher a oh, lot oh you're saying they're better it's better than this show gotcha yeah yeah a little bit. Uh, Reacher, I would put on par with this, but Reacher's almost cartoonish in some of its dialogue and stuff. This show 
isn't that at all, but it's got a lot of good spec ops stuff in it. Yeah. But you don't know if it happened in editing or if it was just the writing, but you know, there's some of those moments where you're like, wait, what, how did they know to go there? And why did they, how do they, they say, so, Oh, this is obvious. We're doing that. You're like, what, how did they, but oh, you just let it go. Cause it's, it just kind of jumps. Yeah. Or right. Yeah. Like there's this one scene they're going in to try to rescue. <laughs> um, one operator is the woman's wife or the, yeah, the woman's husband. And the other is her brother and they work on the same spec ops team. One of them is fabulously wealthy. You have no idea how, but like they decide to go on this mission to Columbia all on their own. And a helicopter shows up out of nowhere. It looks like a governmental helicopter shows up out of nowhere to take them to a private plane to take them to Columbia. And they never so far in two episodes, they have not explained where all this money comes from and how they have all this clearance. And then they're in the embassy, uh, the American embassy in, in Bogota. And they've just got all this access to the chief of, of station you're like wait are these guys like government spec ops dudes or are they contractors it just it's not clear to me yet so sounds like some of the things some of the right we don't know a lot about him yeah right we we don't know a lot about him but uh if you just think okay i'm just gonna go along for the ride well then it's cool like i felt that way about terminal list too but anyway oh something we'll get an apple subscription to watch it got it you don't have it I just assumed you would. I feel like Apple TV just keeps getting better all the time. They do have some good stuff. I, I I would not recommend going to get a subscription just for this show, but there's a lot of other really good stuff on there. Tehran, both seasons, just phenomenal. <sighs> so I good. tried because you so strongly so recommended good. that. I tried Tehran. The stakes and are so high. Oh, my God. The stakes are so high. I like steaks. Yeah. I haven't had a good steak in a while. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.